0: I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Cabbie Presents podcast. I'm your host, CABY Richards. I will start this podcast the way I start many of them, with an apology to the listeners for not being more frequent with these conversations. The Toronto Raptors broke my heart. Broke my heart four-game sweep to the Washington Wizards. I've just been recovering from that and and personally giving out hugs to the tens of thousands that were in Jurassic Park watching our those 12 guys just get their hearts crushed. And that magnified throughout the thousands and millions across Canada. So there's that. Okay, quick story before um, we get to my guest. About a month ago, I went to Los Angeles. And it was either Aaron Bronstetter or Dave Cricks uh, set up an interview with Manny Pacquiao. And I never met Manny Pacquiao before, so we go to the Wild Card Gym where Freddie Roach trains. And, you know, you've seen it in the Showtime documentaries or the HBO documentaries. I think Manny's an HBO guy, so you would hear... You know, Liev Shriver. Shout out to Ray Donovan. You'd hear his brilliant narration, and whoever writes the twenty four sevens, those guys are amazing. And the uh, the one hour special, uh, I think it was called At Last, was no different. It was great, unbelievable writing, great photography, and everything. So I get to the Freddie Roach's gym. It's two floors. I didn't know. So the general public works out upstairs, and it's hot in there. Tons of random people. Um, there's some men, there's some women in there, uh, pretty much adults. I didn't see any kids in there. Um, and there's a bunch of posters on the wall. It it, it looks like a gym. There are two rings and just people working everywhere. Like it's, it's tight. So the, someone on Manny's team who was very pleasant. I wish I had her name right now. She, uh, says, Oh, you know, uh, Manny will be with you shortly. So we're like, all right, cool. So we're just waiting downstairs, like on, at the base of these iron steps that led upstairs, so she comes downstairs and she's like, "Okay, well, Manny, Manny's ready. You can go on in." So there's a second gym, and this is only for Manny Pacquiao. It's it's not empty, but it's it's very clean, and Manny's the only one that gets to go in the ring, along with Freddie Roach. Manny's entourage is like, they're probably like six or eight guys, small dudes like the size of Manny Pacquiao, so they're all like five, six, about a. About a, between a dollar twenty-five and about a dollar fifty-one. So while we're waiting for Manny to finish up with his session, and he's bouncing around and he's he's firing his fists and he's very he's in a jovial mood. I'm like, amazing! This is gonna be this is great for me because I, when athletes are in better moods, it works out better for my interviews. So after Manny finishes up, he you know he jumps on the corner of the ring, throws his hands in the air like he's the victor. Then he goes to change and he sh- I, then um. Someone tells him, "Hey, man, you got to get change, and shower, and you got to do this thing afterwards." So, Manny goes to the back, gets himself dressed. Mario Lopez is there from Extra. I guess he works out in the gym. Uh, I didn't see any other celebrities except Mario Lopez, who was once AC Slater in the iconic series Saved by the Bell. So, we do this interview, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I sing to him. I'm asking about who he's going to invite to, uh, who's, who he's going to allowing his entourage on his way to the ring, which turned out to be Jimmy Kimmel, which was great. Jimmy Kimmel said he was dressed as— he tried to be Justin Bieber, not Reverend Run from Run DMC, although he did look like Reverend Run, but he's being Justin Bieber. And and, and, um, and there are only four guys that could accompany Manny Pacquiao to the ring. It was Freddie Roach, it was his cut man, and then Jimmy Kimmel. And then Freddie stopped, and they took a selfie on the way to the ring. But anyway, Kimmel wasn't there. So do the interview. And at the end, uh, my man D had this great idea about shorts. So before we got to the Wildcard Gym, we stopped in at a Target, and we were just looking for the the gaudiest like shorts that we could find. And you know, there's you know there's some like cartoonish kind of stuff. And uh, and I found like these pair of Batman trunks. I'm like, yeah, these are pretty. This is a good starter. Then DK found like this the pot of gold of boxing trunks. There was an Iron Man. There was the old school Batman from like the 60s. There was the 80s Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman. There was, um, what else do we have in there? I think there was a Spider-Man. It, we, all these different shorts. So Manny was into it. Like, he, you know, Manny doesn't really speak at length in his in his answers. You know, English is his second language. Uh, but he was enjoying it. And he was like identifying all the uh, these iconic superheroes and stuff like that. The part that you didn't see on TV, if you didn't see the segment or on or on YouTube, you can find it on YouTube, is uh, I said, well, Manny, well, I'm going to stick around in L.A. because um, you said that uh, you would hire me as your training camp singer. And he's like, I want you to sing Shakira, Shakira. And that's a terrible impression of Manny Pacquiao. But then the whole gym erupted uh, in laughter because it was, just came out of nowhere. And, like, imagine me, like, just a fat, 250-pound, sweaty a uh, man-child singing Shakira Shakira while Manny Pacquiao is shadow boxing in the ring. It's a good thing that we didn't do it because that would not be suitable for the workplace. I hope Manny Pacquiao recovers 100%, and I hope he recovers quickly with this torn rotator cuff in his right shoulder, which has been revealed. And what's also been revealed is a text message sent from Floyd Mayweather to Stephen A. Smith saying in a year... He'll give him a rematch, which he'll finish his Showtime contract at fight number 49 and then have another super fight with fight 50. I'm not sure how many people will want to see a rematch between Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. I will because I'm a huge fan of Manny Pacquiao's and I'm sure a few other million people will be along with me. We're going to talk about the fight. And my guests will also reveal some of the stories that I love to hear that are very entertaining on the Cabbie Presents podcast. Going to make him a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to dig deep. And before he sits down next to me in the studio, I want to remind you, you can score big on game day for you and your guests with Subway Catering. Choose from our delicious piled high sandwich platters or go all the way with a custom-made giant sub. Like Marcus Mariota, maybe. I'm sure the, those are available. Actually, I don't know if they're available. But you can check Subway.com to order now. Subway, eat fresh. Some orders may require 24-hour advance notice. And now my guest joins me in studio.
0: If it's gonna be uh, an interview, I'm gonna conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers.
1: The first time I met this man, he was wearing cornrows. It was at Vince Carter's charity basketball game in the summer of 2002 in Toronto. He was a sharpshooting lefty from Michigan, baby faced, fan favorite, who was generous with his time with me and millions of women in the greater Toronto area. My goal was always to get honest reactions and answers from him, so I'd slide in a question about video games or something. As well as constantly ask him about his sister. Hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> Morris Peterson was adamant that I could only say hi to her and nothing else. One of my original guys and probably the Toronto athlete I've interviewed the most, Morris Peterson. Welcome to the Cappy Presents Podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Okay, listen, I wanna get to the I wanna get to the serious stuff first. Okay. Okay. Go go ahead. This <laughs> my serious question to you is, um, Was there a time on a random Wednesday night when you're a student at Michigan State University and you would go to the campus of Michigan University and see some friends?
0: You know what? I've
1: seen some friends uh, down here in Ann Arbor a few times. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, as the the arch rival to the Michigan Wolverines, the Spartans, so would you guys like the movie 300? You know, 300. Spartans! Yeah, yeah, baby. Would you guys be over there conquering, <laughs> conquering some of the, oh, let's see, I, some of the student what? body, of the <laughs> going Wolverine
0: hunting, if you will. I mean, we went uh, Wolverine hunting. Uh, you know, we would play uh, against, you know, against the school. That was the thing, though. You know, when you're in college, man. You. Meet, meet people and meet friends at, uh, at other colleges and uh, have a good time.
1: And, and like what like what does that mean? Have a good time.
0: You know, go bike riding. Uh, <laughs> you know, go for ice cream. You no, know, all, all that kind of stuff, bike.
1: man. <laughs> bike riding, You Was the last time. you never rode any bikes? What? Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> bike riding is a metaphor <laughs> for something ride. else, ladies bike and ride. gentlemen. Tandem. The t- the yeah. The three person bike. <laughs> that, that must have been see unbelievable. Cabbie, so man, wait, okay, so listen. Back in like okay, back in like ninety nine or two thousand. How could you guys remain anonymous at school? Would they just be night moves? Just pure like oh, night.
0: Man, you know I'm, you know what man? I was so long ago. I'm, I'm like. I'm old. No, I can't remember You're not those old. Times, you are not man. old.
1: You have a baby face. I can't remember those times. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I wish we had some truth serum that I could, like like Grey Goose, that I could just... Uh,
0: so, so, so let me ask you
1: this. Yeah. Okay, so
0: all those times uh, on Ryerson, <laughs> did,
1: did you have you got some
0: Ryerson uh, stories to, to Dude,
1: tell me about? I, no. All I did was... Come pl- on, Cabby. Come just, on, man. I'm telling you, Come Ryerson, on. those are some lean years for me, dry years for me. Come on, Cabby. Tell- you, all I did play... You mean to tell me Cabby was dry? Yes, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Listen, you you remember when you met me? I was just this chubby I'm well, I'm still the same, but chubby, (laughs) more obnoxious back then. And all I did was play Madden and Grand Theft Auto. Those are like I'm telling. I didn't even party. I didn't even go out. You mean to tell me that you didn't have no fun at Ryerson? No, I made up for it. I made up for it. Like later in life. That's but important. my Ryerson days were lean. Like it, <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't have a gorgeous, lush campus with you know. What you mean, uh, man? You're in Toronto. I know, but our we were downtown. Like it's it's like it was like a city school. Like it was very concrete. Uh, there were no great you know dormitories that we can. There wasn't any like a MacArthur Hall or so you know it was like just
0: grimy with it back then. Oh
1: man, it was just, like there were girls had apartments. Like you go to apartments, not like yeah, you know, go to. What were some of the names of the dorms at your school?
0: Uh Wilson Hall. Wilson um, Hall. We didn't w- Wonders. <laughs> wonders Hall? Wonders Hall. Oh man. Oh, John my... Acres,
1: yeah. Wow, man, man. What was the uh I was talking to Andrew Wiggins in the summertime, and I was like, yo, what were some of the names of the the, the dorms on your campus? And he goes, well, they he were was, towers.
0: He wasn't there long enough. He don't know. <laughs> he didn't stay in no, a dorm he, that year.
1: <laughs> he stayed in an apartment down there in Kansas. Man. There, he said there were four towers, like, and they were like Tower A, B, C, and D. So like, they just had generic names like that, not nothing like Wilson uh, or Wonders.
0: Uh, see. And he
1: said, I think it was the A Tower or the B Tower were like the baddest chicks.
0: A's and the B's.
1: Yeah, where, where, are they, which yeah. was it? Wonders at your school that had the you, baddest
0: chicks. You know what, man? It was always no. Wonders was you no. Know, Wonders didn't have all the girls. It was always that um, that all girls dorm. It was always yeah. A, which, it was, the, was always that? a dorm that was a uh, across campus, way across campus. Because you know, Michigan State, you walk and it's gonna take you 20-30 minutes to get to the other side of campus if you're walking. So um, it was a, a lot of times. I'll be like, man, it's too that? cold to go across to, uh, campus. I'm good. I'm going to
1: the gym. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was that uh, dorm called? Or what was that sorority hall called?
0: Um, was it a? Sor- it was. I mean, like Case Hall. Case Hall had all the women in there. Yeah. Because um, they, they had um, uh, the training table where all the athletes went to eat. So a lot of the girls would just be hanging out there and going there when we walked by, and you know, and then you know, you know, in school, man. I, so I, like, I had a girl. I would have her come pick me up. She had a little. Um, she had a little Lexus. Uh, wow. A little, little Lexus, like an old model, but. Can't even she pick still me had Alex. Yeah,
1: oh yeah. She was probably from Birmingham, Michigan, or whatever those. What those like? No, nah, man, she was from the hood. Was <laughs> she <laughs> <What'd you> actually? No, she's actually. Actually from Birmingham. Or one of those affluent suburbs outside of Detroit. Birmingham. I stayed there once. That's the only place I can I could think of. Um, <laughs> and Auburn Hills looks kind of nice. I mean, where the where the uh the Pistons play.
0: Yeah, um,
1: nice. where do the track girls stay? Because I feel like the, the track, track girls, girls were the always... The
0: track girls stayed in Case. In Case. You know, and uh, where else did they stay?
1: Because that's where, like, the football players and the basketball players, yeah. they used to fight over the track. Like, the track girls were like... Man, track girls, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, a girl that, that takes care of her body, you know, is active, you know, eat healthy. Yeah, that's always a plus.
1: Yeah. Always like, a plus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was, the, what was the name of the all-girls uh, dorm at Michigan, on the Michigan campus?
0: I don't remember. I don't remember, man. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I want hey, you to see, be Cabby, honest on this moment. See, mode. Cabby,
0: you're trying to get these stories out yeah, of here. Yeah, because you listen, gotta, first that, of all, you gotta give me some headphones. Years old. First of all, man, you came in with two pair of headphones. You didn't offer me one. I had to say, hey, <laughs> what's that in the bag, Cabby? All right, <laughs> uh, hey, um, uh, no, I'm gonna tell y'all. See, he walked in, had the monster <laughs> headphones, a uh 24 karat gold. He right, over here. Yeah. He done changed a lot from the O2 Cabby. You know, he coming <laughs> in with the with the uh, gold headphones. You know, I look, I said, Oh, what's that? Oh, I got two pairs. I said, are
1: you not going to offer your boy one? You got to give me some stories. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's what that's what the <laughs> listeners want. They want stories. Okay, so speaking of those O two 2 days, what did, what were your thoughts when uh, a young Steph Curry would just be on the gym at all hours just taking jump shots while either, not while you guys practice, either before you guys practice or after you guys practice, seeing like a 13-year-old, 14-year-old sure, wow. kid?
0: Man, that's all I can say is uh, is wow. Um, I got a chance to, to see him at a young age. Uh, his first of all, his dad is a pro's pro. You know, yeah. one of the best pros I've been around. I learned a lot from him, and um, you can tell he soaked all that in. And he would be at some of our practices actually doing drills with us and, really? and stuff. And one thing you didn't want to do, you didn't want him to beat you because you didn't want a twelve-year-old to beat you when he was talking <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Could so you imagine? You really, I like back then. You re- we really had to like. I was a young player too, so I was like, man, I'm not gonna let little Steph beat me, you know, in a, <laughs> yeah. in a shooting drill. But. uh I mean, you can see the talent, and you can see the hard work. You can see the poise. And uh, to see it all come together, um, I got a chance to see him or work out with him when he got drafted right before he got to the NBA. Oh, okay. Him, Chris, uh, Chris Paul, and I. And, uh, man, he was a beast. He went through Wait, every how,
1: drill hard. Where were you guys working? Because Chris uh, Paul went to uh, Georgia Tech. He, that's he can, went to, can, Yeah, he went to— um, Davidson is in, in North Carolina, Carolina yeah, right? He went
0: to Wake Forest, but see—
1: Sorry, oh, Wake Forest, yeah, sorry.
0: But in North Carolina, um, you know, Steph, you know— that's one thing that I, I really love and respect about Chris Paul is, you know, he take care of, takes care of the guys that's from his state. You know, I mean, he really, you know, he's really one of those guys that that's really been a, a pioneer and an integral part on helping develop guys in the NBA. You know, he's so would, helped develop a lot of guys in the NBA, point would, guards.
1: Would you Sorry to interrupt you there. Would you work out with them? Because you play with Chris mm-hmm. in New Orleans, right? Yes, we would work out in the summer. Uh, so I would go okay. down
0: there to Raleigh-Durham, and uh, Steph came a few times. And uh, I was like, whoa, you know, from seeing his, him from back then to to that to that point, I knew he was going to be special because he went hard. He was doing a lot of the same things Chris was doing. Worked on his ball handling. We knew he was a shooter, but he worked on. Other aspects of his game, and I think that's really starting to come out now. He's passing, you know, behind the back. Oh man, yeah. And speaking of Chris Paul, when he broke
1: Chris Paul's ankles, like a week oh. before the end or two weeks before the end of the season, it yeah. was like, man, this dude yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shout out to obviously shout out to Del Curry, the former Raptor that you played with, and a mm-hmm. big shout out to Steph Curry, who's uh, who's the NBA uh, MVP. MB, MB, um, did you guys used to? I, I remember, I think it was Gilbert Arenas had a shooting competition with. Maybe it was Deshaun Stevenson where they tried to make do like a hundred thousand makes or something like that What were some of the the? I mean you're a shooter wow. and I'm sure you guys 100,000 makes I think and, wow. and they ended up getting like tendonitis in their elbows because they're just doing all those makes like in yep. the Practice not not even in not the games. In the game. but what were was there ever like a shooting game that you would do before you had to leave the court? I remember hearing a story another one. I think Kobe one of his was like he would get up at like four or five and do a thousand makes before Practice and then practice and then probably work out after practice because he's maniacal as far as his mm-hmm. working out goes And in his you know in his quest to be better than than the greatest of all time Michael Jordan who shout out to Jordan at the Floyd Mayweather fight um, Just came in his chick is uh, 19 Ooh. out of 10. Yeah, I just had Ooh. babies
0: man. You can't tell Wow, Jeez. man,
1: Sorry. she bounced back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. Uh bounce back like Jordan in the 4 in the four fives. Uh the shooting games that you guys mm-hmm. used to do. Shooting. We did a lot of shooting uh shooting games. Like were um, they for money? Huh? Like would you be like no, okay like well, 100 100 makes or who could do 100 we, first or
0: We would do uh I mean we would do friendly best. It w- it wasn't more so about the money. It was more so about uh, saying that you beat beat each other, or you better? You know, um, I remember I learned a lot from Dale Curry. Could you ever beat Dale Curry? Ah, uh, you? you know what? The time, <laughs> the time I, well, I almost beat him, I had him beat, but then <laughs> my last shot, I end up tying him, and we had to do it again, and he beat me. You know, in the, like the overtime yeah. uh, game. Uh, I learned a lot from him. You know, as far as uh, getting my release off, uh, quicker shots. Um, that's what I would try to get from some of the guys. So we would have a lot of shooting drills. But one thing I always did. Was uh after I get done shooting, I always shot that corner three over the backboard. You know, before you left the gym. Before I left the gym. Uh, okay, yeah, but, yeah. But as an NBA player, you know, I uh, I knew the importance of you know getting that extra work in. So I was in the gym a lot of times at night after practice. Um, uh, you know, getting extra shots or working on what it what it was I need to work on. So, um, I think as an NBA player, that got me to play eleven years just my work ethic and uh, my drive. You know, because you know that's what it's all about. It's about putting that work in, getting better. Improving, um, looking at the areas that you want to, uh, that you feel like you want to get better in, and also listening to your coaches and and what they you know uh, see and want you to do. So it's just a combination of, of all that. I mean, I played a, a million sh- uh, shooting drills. We just shoot half court shots. You know, I mean, that, that's just that, that's just a competitive nature in me.
1: What was the big difference between Butch Carter and Sam Mitchell?
0: You know what? Um I didn't play with Butch. Oh, you so I wait, didn't. I got
1: there the year Lenny uh got there. Oh, so wait, you got you okay, you're drafted in 01. Oh, you guys won the national championship 01, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And then you're drafted that year. So the 01 02 we, uh, we won the national
0: championship in 2000. 2000 in excuse me. 2000, 2001 was my first season. Right, excuse me.
1: Sorry, yes. yeah. So yeah. so Butch was
0: gone by then? Butch was gone. I but thought I heard Butch was a, I heard a lot about him though. Um you know a lot of some of the guys, you know, said um you know he was he was a tough coach. You know, hard nosed. And then Lenny was the opposite. Better. Yeah, he, yeah, he made
1: it. <laughs> Lenny made walked guys in better. in a track suit. Lenny was like Phil, just kind of just gliding around. Man, you know
0: what? I went from uh, planning, uh, you know, from with Coach Izzo, like yeah. real intense coach, to playing for Lenny Wilkins. And a lot of times, I used to look around and we had to relax a little bit because you know you look on the side and you see him. He like, hey, young fella, don't worry about it. Just go out there and play, man. You know, and all our practices, you know, he would stop. And teach guys what they needed to do, and really took the time on the details, you know, and that really that really helped me out a lot. Because uh, we used to have long practices, man. They weren't with Lenny. Yeah. Oh man, three hours, three and a half. Really? But it wasn't like we were doing a whole bunch of running. It was a lot of teaching. He would take the time and hey, hey, hey stop, stop playing. You know, on this such and such. You, you know, you come off a screen and just little things that helped me throughout my career. Oh. You know, It kind of it, it it really helped me a lot.
1: Okay, then uh, Sam. How different was Sam from Lenny? You
0: know what? I like Sam.
1: No, um, I'm not saying you wouldn't like your coaches, but I'm saying his no, coaching
0: style. No, I'm saying I like his coaching style. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he's a guy. He you know he gives you the confidence to go out there and play and play your game and whatever it is you're good at, um, go out and do. You know, it's stuff that you're not as good at. Don't try it. You know, but uh, but it, but work on it. And um, he was just a you know a clear cut coach. You know, I got a great had a great relationship with him. Um, you know, good guy. Um, I got a chance to do some broadcasting with him. Nice. He came oh back, yeah, uh, yeah. In, the, in the, oh, the Raptors. And uh, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, that was tough. That's, oh, that was tough. I didn't. I didn't
1: see a sweep coming. No, nobody saw a sweep it. coming. Nobody I, saw that like the team would like lay down. Like I just, I just at one point I just wanted someone to fight someone. I just like yo, yo, psycho T, just go punch somebody, just man. elbow somebody in the face, and, and just to wake your guys up.
0: And man, man the, it was just fans sitting in the front uh, front row. And like the last two, two games, man, I almost wanted to fight him because <laughs> he was talking so much stuff, man. Oh, in and Washington, yeah, to, man. to you guys or to the team? Well, he was talking stuff to any Toronto fan out there, you know. Like he even started talking, um, like he's talking to some of the parents of Toronto players, and uh, I had to go over there and check him because he started talking, you know, ah, sweep. We gonna sweep y'all, y'all. Sorry, this and that, and talking real disrespectful uh, to like Lou Williams, uh, you know, family, his mother, something like that. So I jumped in and said, hey. You know, get you know, you need to get him out of here. You know, he he was just real. Uh, oh, okay. He was like a se- season ticket holder on the court. Yeah. Thinks he can you know can say whatever, and um, he kind of got he kind of got up under my skin because you know we uh, when we got swept, you know he was t- talking so much stuff, man, and with me being a you know a raptor, you know it kind of it kind of got to me, man. When was the last
1: time you were actually in a
0: fight? Um, you know what? We can close the door right now and, and get it <laughs>
1: on, Captain. <I> <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Have you ever been in a fight like a like I know I mentioned earlier in the podcast with the <laughs> Michigan State, like the the football team and the basketball team would often compete for the track girls. And, you know, you're 18, you're 19. You have all this confidence and ego. You're a big man on campus or whatever. But like, I don't know if it was college days or maybe it was after. It was the last time you got into a fight.
0: When the last time I got into a fight? Yeah, hey man, man, I'm a uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, man. Well, see, but listen, I mean, I, okay, I got it to I got to a fight within the 2000s. Be
1: more specific. The no, 2000s. Man, the, no. Listen, this 2015. So one time in the last 15 years, of course, you're a grown man. You're an adult male. You should be in a fight at least once. Man,
0: where I, where was what? the fight? I can't tell you all. Why? Yes, man. I want you all in my business
1: like <laughs> Wait, was the fight in that story that Jalen Rose told between Sam Mitchell and Vince Carter with Sam Mitchell? No, I didn't break that up. No, I'm
0: just. <laughs> no, man. No, you know
1: what? Wait, man, the, uh, what was the story again? I think Jalen told it on, on Grantland. It actually, told me the story when I interviewed him at the Grantland studio. Sam Mitchell made a comment to Vince about always being injured and always being on the training table. So that's kind of how Vince nudged Sam. Sam nudged Vince back. So it's getting a little more physical. Before you know it, they tangled up and they really trying to slam each other on the ground. So Vince got this arm underneath their crouch. And if they're kicking and screaming, you won't be able to get them up like Hulk Hogan, but you can still get them down real good. Boom! Have you spoken to either one of them since that video was posted on Grantland? No, because I, I speak the truth. I spit hot fire. <laughs> if I tell you the chicken lay eggs, get the skillet hot. <laughs> I have no reason to lie. Somebody did say I lied. Which, who said Sam you Sam Mitchell, I heard he went on the radio and he tried to rebuke my story.
0: You know, Vince was laying on the training table and I told this story on the radio in Toronto. Vince was lying on the training table and uh, joking around, he just got up and put his arms around me in a bear hug, <laughs> and I tripped over and landed on the on the um, training table, and that was it.
1: Vince Vince was horsing around, I wasn't. You know, Vince Carter picking me up and spinning me around like I'm some piece of dough. It it, <laughs> it sounds good, but I just think physically, it's impossible. You were in the the training room with Jalen as he was recalling the story. You've been
0: asking me this question and trying to get this out of me for a while. All I want is the truth. I want the truth. The truth of what? Of what happened in that room. Man, you know, it's just guys, you know, messing around (laughs) and having a good time.
1: Nobody was. (laughs) That's all it was. Nobody has a good time in the training room. It's not like the plane where you're playing cards or you're like after practice when dudes are just kind of goofing off. This is in the training room. There's no messing around in there. Dudes are hurt, trying to get rehabilitated, taking shots and getting massages and all that kind of stuff. I mean, (laughs) hey, I don't know what you're talking about, Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) That says it all right there. We're like, I mean, that's it. I mean, you know. Tell guys. me, Wait, tell me about the fight.
0: Which one? The fight the one that I you was got in? It. Yeah. I won, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I won. <laughs> Ain't that the, uh, the important thing? They actually, like, remember when you were younger? Yeah. And um, you get into a fight and you come home, your mother be like, did you win or not? Because you're going to get your butt whooped if you if lost. You did, yeah. Yeah, so... I never got my butt whooped.
1: I, I remember losing a fight, and then my dad was like, what happened to your face? And I lied. I'm like, oh, I just, the basketball. Like, I wasn't looking at a pass. Because <laughs> I lost a fight at school. This dude, I was in a food fight in the cafe. I started the food fight, and I threw a pop can, that had like maybe a quarter, like it was a C plus quarter of it left and it hit a girl in the face by accident. Like I threw it, I was trying, I was yeah. aiming at did the- Did a girl beat you up? No, the dude that was sitting at the table. I was in grade 10, he was in grade 11. I was trying to hit the grade nines tables and it flew over the table, just like in a movie. And the grade nines like looking at this pop can over their heads as as it's cresting over them and then hits this poor girl in the face. And the dude oh, came at, at lunchtime. I deserved it, I deserved he it. He got you? Yeah, and he's like, hey, did you throw that pop can? I'm like, yeah, boom, all of a sudden. See, I grew up in- See, here in Canada, when we fight, we fight like hockey players. So you immediately pull Grab the jersey over, the shirt you over your head. You like so then, then I was just trying to block punches, but he got me a solid run at the end. Boom! And I just fell to the ground. I was like, I was just breathing heavy. But then my dad was like, what happened to your face? And then you I told
0: feel, him that you got hit in the face with the, with ball. the basketball. Yeah, I lied, but he moved, saw right through it. He, he, he knew. Would have took
1: you back to fight,
0: wouldn't he? <laughs> he would have Said no, no way. My son is going to get his. Butt, oh, he butt, was butt, so butt,
1: disappointed. I just, I could just see it on his face. Like you just. I uh, came home
0: one time. Uh, I got got into a little little scuffle, and my my nose started bleeding. So, I came home and I had blood on my shirt. Oh face. So man! So they thought I got beat up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we were just playing around, and my nose started bleeding. And oh man, my sister went back. My sister was uh was was like six foot back then. Top, uh, older, my uh, my other sister.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, and wait, we was just, she like Reggie, like Cheryl Miller that was yes. like fight for Reggie? Yeah. Your well, sister used to fight for you? No, she didn't fight for me. Come on, she didn't fight for me. <laughs> yo,
0: your sister used to fight for you? No, no, you didn't fight for yourself. You got beat up in the lunch. Yeah, I, but I, I know. <laughs> I, look, I know this. I never got beat up in the lunchroom. I never got <laughs>
1: hockey with the with the shirt over my head. <laughs> Wait, but I'll take that L respectably, okay? Because all old, bigger, older dude to me. I, I took
0: one L, and I'm gonna tell you this. Yeah. I, I was I was around 12 years old. There was a guy we was beefing for a while, and um, one day I go in the store, and I and I come out. He just waiting on me. He like, hey, we about to fight today. Like, whatever. And he just like I'm on my bike, man. He just sucker punched me, punched me in my face. Mm. I took it like a man, uh, jumped off my bike, and we went at it. But uh, that one punch, man, I remember riding back on my bike, and I just man, my face was swollen. Right? Did you have like you're probably and crying,
1: but did the did the no, tears I didn't dry? cry? No, I didn't cry. You didn't cry?
0: No, I didn't cry, man. I, I took it. I took it like a man. You know, he was a little. He was like a short, cocky, strong guy. Yeah. And I was tall and lanky, so he knew how to get into me. So I you know I got a couple punches in. He got some punches in, but that first punch. Kinda of dazed me. It kinda of set it kinda of set the tone for the whole day. It kinda of let me know there too. Hey, don't let nobody walk up on you like that. You swing first.
1: Yeah. Do it okay. So then when you got home, did your parents find out? And did, yeah, you, yeah, get, did yeah. you get you get in even, even more trouble? No, I
0: didn't get in trouble. No, no. My mother asked me, you know, who won? I said, Hey, we went at it. <laughs> we went at it. <laughs> He'll probably say he won and I'll probably say I won, you know. But what's funny is a week later, we was best friends. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we oh, see wow. each other like, hey, like, you know, like, a b- boxers, go ahead and do what you do. And then we were cool. Like, what, I got respect for them.
1: Speaking of boxers, what did you, where did you watch the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight? And what do you think of Florida as a fighter?
0: I watched the fight at home, and uh, I was going to go. But, um, you know, me, be, me you know, being going a lot during the season, uh, I want to spend more time with my kids. So this weekend, my son wouldn't, wouldn't let me go anywhere. I told him I was leaving. He was like, uh-uh, no. Hey, was daddy. he
1: hanging on to your leg like Jeff Van Gundy he was hanging on to of warning in that one, we, that we, one jo- fight We joined the from the, hip. The, <laughs> the
0: Heat? We are joined from <laughs> so the hip, man. We are joined from the hip.
1: So what do you hip. think of, of Floyd as
0: a fighter, fighter only? I think he's phenomenal. Uh, for him to make Pacquiao punch 18% or a half of what he normally does, that shows the brilliance within, within itself. Everybody saying you know was putting power underwhelmed and saying it wasn't a good fight. I thought it was a great fight. You Did got, you you thought it was a great well, fight? How are two look, two great fighters what are they going to do? Beat up on each other. Like, Nobody's going to remember
1: other? that fight ever. Why not? Listen, it's not it wasn't memorable. Nothing for, about you Hey, I don't know, for me
0: it was. I mean, you got a guy who I know uh, the best from Michigan at, who, well, and he, No, it's not he's not even about that. It's a guy who's great at his craft that plays some great defense that got a guy like Pacquiao to to do half the half of what he normally does. That's brilliant within itself. He did his job as a defender. If a guy like Jimmy Butler go out there and play defense and hold a guy to four points, and the guy doesn't have a
1: brilliant performance, he's done his job. Okay, here. So let me let me ask you this: in the in the history of your sport in basketball, I can even, I can relate it to baseball, hockey, um, football. Do we when we think of the greatest players in each sport? Do we think of the greatest defensive players? We never do we never do so as Floyd likes to say the best ever and You know that his marketing team was like the fight of the century if that was a fight of the century, but what a whimper like We're not gonna remember that you don't I'm a, even, I'm gonna think gonna about your sport. Who is the, Who's the best defensive player to play in your sport? A- Akeem? MJ. No, well, <laughs> MJ was a beast that's what I'm saying. But you Floyd, do you remember MJ for his defense? Scottie, Floyd is doing it on both Scottie's ends. Scotty's probably the best wing. Floyd wing is def- doing it on both
0: ends. He's playing defense. No, he's
1: not the best offensive fighter. Well, no, no just,
0: I didn't say he was the best, but he's, I mean, he, what, 34% of his punches, and then he holds a guy that's supposed to be on his level that people have said yeah, that was better than him, Mom. that's supposed to beat him, and all this and that, and Mom. now he's doing half, of he's frustrated. You he frustrated Manny Pacquiao. Yes. That, Not hey, that's too many a, that's people do that.
1: That's an achievement. So, but, that's, but, that's being one of the best no, doing that. No, Come he, on, man. He don't, you can't even, he doesn't even have a signature fight.
0: Because he, I mean, he's beating everybody, he's
1: undefeated. But well, what's the signature fight? What's the fight he's you're like, undefeated. oh, I remember when Floyd. He's undefeated. Maybe he's Ricky Hatton, maybe. And that was like 2007, I think, maybe 2008.
0: He's given a lot of people, a lot of those guys, trouble with his boxing skills, with his defense. He look. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do anything but eat, sleep, and breathe boxing. boxing. I get that. I get that. He been do- man. Okay, so- but listen.
1: Think of your sport. The top ten players of all time in the history of the NBA. None of them are you to remember for their defense. Maybe Bill Russell because he changed that. But you remember Bill Russell for eleven rings.
0: Well, that's what I think. That's what get guys to being in top ten players. The guy can't be an offensive player and be the top ten player. A no, guy wait, has so, to hold be, no, wait a second. A wait a second. guy has to. For me. I just
1: think, you, you, I, I, I think we're not going to remember players. Tim Duncan for his defense. We're not, and he's a top ten player all time. But he, Shaq, Shaq played but, no defense. But his defense was his
0: defense. Tim Duncan's during his career, his he 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 was a wall. He played. He, at times, he played great defense.
1: He, he, yeah, he's an excellent defender, but we're not going to remember him for his defense. It's just not that exciting. Boxing is like man versus man. Like, listen, know, Floyd, no, Floyd. it's almost like Floyd fights to win points,
0: not to beat up his opponent. So, opponents. Cabby, what do you want him to do? Him to get beat up and take these punches just so he can prove to people that, uh, what, he can take punches? Yeah, the, that, the just key, to prove to people that this is, is going to be the, the exciting the, the fight the that you guys is, built it up to I'm be. I'm quicker than you. I'm going to punch you, and you're not going to touch me. Didn't I mean he
1: really hit Manny that much. I mean he hit Manny, but like
0: you know, he he didn't uh, I mean, he didn't have his best offensive performance. I can say that. And is he a knockout guy? Like you guy? fought better at 12 is, with is, that
1: kid outside of the corner store is, and you took a L. You fought better than than Floyd did. Is, is he a knockout guy? No. Back in 1989. Man, I I had them hands though. <laughs>
0: I have the hands as a lefty, man. See, I was a lefty. They you didn't are, know. They thought I was coming with the right, bites. and I was coming with the left. I, I, like, when Jay-Z <laughs> said, I'm awkward. Do not step to me. I'm awkward. I box lefty. lefty. yeah. And often my pops left me, and often my mom wasn't home. home. Yeah. Man,
1: come on, man. Yes. That's the lefty. I love that. Okay, I'll get you out of here on this. You're in Toronto. Um... I mean, you were in Toronto for most of the season on behalf, uh, with TSN as part of the broadcast team for the Raptors games. And it Mm -hmm. was awesome doing, um, the pregame hits with you. The Jurassic Park was so wild. And, you know, it's, I I feel like uh, bad for the fan base that supported literally thousands of people. As you guys saw on TV, you saw it in the U.S. thousands of people will be out in Jurassic Park supporting the Toronto Raptors. Mm And Mo and I uh, would do pregame hits, but. You've been up, yeah, you've been up here as part of the broadcast team for that for the season. But you're here in Toronto uh for a bit of the springtime. What are you working mm-hmm. on here?
0: Well, I'm I'm here um re, uh, working with craft. We launched um initiative called uh Kraft Project Play. And it's a program that's helping to build a better future by building better places to play. Also oh, like pl- like
1: playgrounds play, or like courts or like soccer fields, courts, all that stuff?
0: Um any kind of facility. It doesn't have oh, to be okay. basketball, basketball, football, baseball. Whatever it is, you know that that you do, we're encouraging you to come out and play. You know, in this day and age with social media, you know, kids on their phones, they're playing True. their video games, yeah. and taking all the attention from being outside. But also, um, you know, if you look at all these programs, a lot of them only just concentrate on building, you know, facilities or doing things. They don't do anything on maintenance, you know, and helping maintain them. Ah, okay. You know, so first prize wins two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh, towards their uh, facility, they can go on craftprojectplay dot com and uh, and register uh, to win for their for their uh, for their neighborhood or for their you know uh, facility that the, of their choice. But um, it's just really um, for me growing up in Michigan, growing up in Flint, uh, sports was a huge in my life. i um, being active. You know, I had a lot of basketball courts. I played baseball. I was on a golf team in high school.
1: No, you weren't. Oh yeah. What was your handicap? Like, what's the best that you got that you did? Like <laughs> well. I was, for, decent. 40 I was par, decent. Forty
0: over par. Forty over par. I played well enough to to have a decent game. Not 30, adult, f- 38 as an adult. <laughs> Thirty eight over par, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped counting. <laughs> I stopped counting, man. Uh, you know what? it used to be funny because when I first started, man, I didn't know anything about golf. I'm in mean, high school. I really was just kind of do it to. Um, just kinda, for get get. Do you have a golf class just to get credit for like a, well, a class? Not to get credit, just to. Um, to to get out of fourth and fifth period to go golf (laughs) you know you get out early to to go and uh you know play (laughs) that's how it started but um you know i ended up enjoying the game loving it and, and started getting better but it's funny because when i first started man here i am a kid who's never touched a golf club i'm on a golf team and you got people standing around you and for me like i wasn't that good to start off with so i used to ask people like hey you might want to back up a little bit, you know, <laughs> usually what you give place, people space, give, give me a little bit more space, and I'll go up there and miss the ball, you know, and, man, it was just, it was funny, you know, we would laugh about it, but I ended up starting getting better, And um, but I, I think just going out and play, um, having fun, you know, encouraging kids, especially through social media, you know, if you um, go, on, I, I mean, encouraging them to go online or go out to their social media and create, a video or their own place to play or their favorite place to play. Oh, in their own neighborhoods or yes. their own communities? Oh, their own okay. own community um, with uh, hashtag come out and play. Share the video. I check it out. You can tweet it or IG me, and um, I check it out and, um, and retweet it because I think it's cool to, to see people getting out you know, and, and having a good time and, and being healthy and active.
1: Nice. You, 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 you still are uh, healthy and active. I mean, it looks like it. I mean, some, some guys in your sport, after they retire, they just blow up. Oh, man, man, like, some dudes just get huge. I mean, I think it happens. If football players, either they get huge or they lose all kinds of weight. Yeah, I think I Jeff a, Saturday was one dude that lost, like, 70 pounds because like, he didn't need to yeah, be one you of know, my, 305 or whatever
0: it was. That's how one of my good friends, uh, Robert Smith, was. He was 300, 315, 310. Now you see him, you know, 250, nice and cut. You know, oh, you yeah. Saying, lost a lot of weight, looked good.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, you you yeah. obviously, you still maintain an active lifestyle because you still— I mean, I I don't want to pump your tires too much because, you know... (laughs) <laughs> don't want to fill your head up with all appreciate kinds of compliments that, and all that. appreciate yeah. that man. You don't slim down a little bit yourself. No, nah, well, too, man. not not enough. Not to, I'm wearing a black shirt today. And then I
0: saw you uh, working out recently too, man. On Twitter, man, you they killed you. Who
1: was that? Who? Uh, oh my, put you through the workout. My uh, my cor- my trainer Corey, uh, Coach Corey, and the and this girl named Liz. I was at the circuit class. I, saw and I that, getting my man. butt you headed the, to well,
0: me. You was on the ground.
1: Yeah, no, that's how oh, I day. finished all my workouts. Like it, sweating. Is that broken. how you did, Is that how you did all your workouts? <laughs> The <laughs> Cavi
0: is doing his workouts on the ground with a donut in one hand and, 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 uh, and, and a 20 pound weight in the other.
1: Right. And that's just a great way to wrap up this podcast. I'm going to, uh, Pete has just shamed me into going to workout. I do appreciate you joining me. You I'm follow, taking these
0: headphones too. You
1: can follow him on Twitter at Moped24. Instagram the same, yeah? At Moped24. Yes, sir. On Instagram. Follow his adventures and get involved with this craft project. It sounds like a lot of fun. Mo Pete, thank you very much for being here, brother. Thank you, good brother.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Morris Peterson on the Subway Fresh Take Hotline. This was Cabbie Presents, the podcast.